0: Well, can we turn to the very last book, or not the last book, the last chapter of the Psalms, which is Psalms 150. And uh, I want to read it to you. It's only six verses, actually. It's quite a short Psalm. I do have it up on the screen this morning. There you go. But if you've got your own Bible device, you can look at it yourself. Let me read it to you. Psalm 150, verses 1 to 6. This is a psalm that tradition says that David wrote it. It doesn't actually say that in your Bible. There is definitely some psalms that David, King David, did write. And there's some that are a little bit iffy. These are the ones that are a bit iffy. But I've got a strong suspicion. Don't forget that we need to YPs. Young People's group needs to go now. Thank you very much. Strong suspicion that they want me to send that group off. Um, So all the 12 and 13-year-olds, have a great morning. Thanks, Liz. Um, I have a strong suspicion that David did write it, and uh, the interesting thing about this psalm is that it, it's been um, written in Hebrew, embroidered in a cloth, and placed over David's tomb. There it is. Isn't that interesting? Psalm 150, it's written in the original Hebrew, and it's as a cloth, it's placed over his tomb. Apparently, you can see this today. I didn't know that. Maybe someone who's been there, Jerusalem, can correct me on that if I'm wrong, but... Um, I don't know if David kind of thought that he should have that psalm draped over his tomb. I think it's probably an afterthought on someone's part. But it was important enough that obviously the scholars of the day of the Hebrew language and the Jewish culture thought, you know, our King David, of all the psalms, we want to put this one over his tomb. Psalm 150. So um, in actual fact, this psalm, I know we haven't read it yet, just hang on. This psalm is what Jewish people pray in their culture every morning in their prayer service or their prayer time they'll pray Psalm 150 they'll recite it in actual fact they'll recite from 146 through to 155 psalms some of them commit it to memory I reckon that's a pretty good idea isn't it so um, there's the background you think we should read it have you already read it who's been listening who's been reading (laughs) okay Psalm 150 I'll give you all that background is that cool it says, praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty firmament, praise Him for His mighty acts, praise Him according to His excellent greatness, praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, praise Him with the lute and the harp, praise Him with the timbal and dance, praise Him with string instruments and flutes, praise Him with loud cymbals, praise Him with clashing cymbals. Obviously, there's a different types of cymbals. Let everything that has breath come on, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay. What a brilliant thought. <laughs> obviously, the psalm is about praise. Okay, if you hadn't gathered that, it's about praise. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, uh, the, the truth is, I think, it's quite, um, I think it's quite apt that they actually place this upon David's tomb, this psalm in Hebrews. Because of all the kings of Israel, the shepherd boy who became a king was one of the great praises of God, wasn't he? Remember the time, I don't know if you remember the story, Old Testament story... That they're bringing what they call the Ark of the Covenant, which is a box that's overlaid with gold, and in the box is the Ten Commandments, the Covenant of Promise, or the or the you know the promises that God had made to His people and the laws. And David's bringing it now along the streets through Jerusalem to the temple. And as he does that, he's standing out in front in a loincloth, and he is going for it. Man, he's getting down. He is dancing with all his might, so much so that his wife got a little bit indignant about that, and you know, and um, and it wasn't the best start to the marriage, but. um the reality was is that David was a praiser and uh, he certainly made it known that he was excited about you know why so because God's presence now was coming back to the rightful place in Jerusalem so that God's presence would be amongst his people the Jewish nation and that's why he was excited I think you know praise uh, 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 we'll we'll go there in a moment but praise does some pretty incredible things so we've got to ask the question is this this psalm, this passage, these six verses—how relevant are they today? I mean, is it still is it still beneficial to actually praise God today? I, I know a lot of you, you know the answers to that, but I want to ask the question because sometimes I think we can take for granted what praise actually does around us and within us—an in incredible uh, thing that God's given us. Um, so. If, so we we need to ask the question: Is it still something for today? Let me just give you a little bit more understanding of the word uh, of praise, because in ancient Hebrew, what they the word praise you see often when we think of a word, we think of it in one dimension. When we, you and I, as uh, as cultured people of 2018, think of the word praise, often. You know, generally, we think of it in one dimension: praise is praise, praise. But you know, in Hebrew language, it was um, it was more than just praise. It was seven different things. So when they said praise, there were seven different Hebrew words for praise. It's just that our English translations have just translated into the word praise. <laughs> but for for a true Jew, there is so many, much more than just just. The one word, praise. It's interesting. Can I just give them to you for a moment? Because I find them quite exciting. There's the Hebrew word, hallou, which we get the word hallelujah from. It means to twirl and dance before the Lord with all your might, like King David did, bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. Um, yada, it means to throw out your hands with the, you know, extend your hands. Some of you did that this morning, I noticed. Then, then there's uh, talda. it means to extend your hands in agreement, especially before you receive something. So it might be a, oh, yeah, g'day, thank you, shake your hand, we do that, don't we? It can be praise, it can be thankfulness. Uh, there's shabuk, it means to shout and address in a loud tone and speak in triumph, okay? So for all those shouters out there, it's cool. It's scriptural. Um, Baruch means to throw yourself on the ground prostrate. Sometimes in worship, in elements of praise and honor, we do that, don't we? we just... And then there's um, uh, Talda, It means to extend. Oh, no, no, sorry. We've got that one. And then there's Samar. Interesting enough, there's an island in the Philippines called Samar. Uh, Sama, so it means joyful expression with musical instruments. That was happening this morning, and the last one is called Tequila, not te, not tequila. <laughs> don't don't mix that one up. <laughs> t- tequila, t- sorry, Tequila <laughs> means to celebrate in song. So you know what one word in our language as as you know. In our cultures, generally, all our cultures this morning, whatever country we come from, praise is praise. But in Hebrew and Jewish culture, it was seven different things, depending on what you sense you needed to do that day. Um, I think that's pretty exciting, isn't it? So they never—they. The point is, they never just praised in their heads. Praise your body is often involved in praise. And 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 always your breath is involved in praise, but often your body, and and. And I suppose I say that, so, you know, I understand, you know, not all of us can do every one of those seven things, certainly not at the same time, anyway, none of us can. But, um, and physical limitations, especially as we get a little bit more senior, you know, you're not going to necessarily find anybody in their 90s necessarily twirling around. If there's a 90-year-old this morning who wants to do that, that's fine, but the reality is there's the limitations to it. Um, it's okay, Alice, I'm not referring to you, you just relax. You don't have to, but you're welcome to. Um, but praise is not a silent thing. It's not just a, a, a meditative thing. Praise is often external show and act of uh, of an expression towards God. We can't all do those type of things, but you know, there's some elements that we can. So, um, so even in different cultures, we find that different cultures express praise God to different things. You know, um, if you're just pure white Aussie this morning. We we can be pretty reserved. I'd prefer to see. I think the Islander version of praise is pretty good. (laughs) I can't do it, so I won't try. But you know, I mean, I went to Africa and Uganda. They praise. My goodness, the song leader. You have to be. You know, you have to be extremely fit to lead praise in Uganda. (laughs) They will lift their legs quite literally. They will lift their legs. This high as they dance, far out. And those who have been there know what I'm talking about. That is amazing. So there's different cultures have caught on to different parts of the Jewish tradition of praise. I I just think it's all pretty good. But there's one thing that I want you to understand, just so you you know that today, they're not to be excluded. Because verse 6 of this psalm says, Everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So we can say, is it relevant for today? Is it necessary for today? Well, Psalm 6 is inclusive. It's not exclusive. It includes everybody, everything that has breath. This morning, have you got breath? If you've got breath, there's an opportunity for us to praise the Lord. It's an important thing. Um, It's interesting, but the psalmist waits till Psalm 150, the last chapter of Psalms, and he waits for the last verse of the last chapter before he declares everything that has breath, praise the Lord. You would think that that verse somewhere would be in the other psalms, but you know you'll find nowhere in the psalms the word breath as it means here uh, in Psalm 150, verse six. He wastes the very last verse. I think that's significant because I think he's trying to say something to humanity. For the, the the last verse you read about the the psalms is the one that you is an inclusive factor that say, you know what, we can all praise the Lord because we have breath. What a powerful thing. Um. So it is, uh, it's the final statement, isn't it? And it says something about... Um, it's interesting because it doesn't say everything that has arms, praise the Lord, or everything that has legs, praise the Lord. Uh, because the reality is, in Jewish times, there's a lot of people didn't have arms and legs. And even in our culture, sometimes we haven't got arms and legs. The reality is, it doesn't say everything. Everybody who can see, praise the Lord, or everybody can hear, praise the Lord. Because sometimes we, we can't even everybody who's got a voice, praise the Lord. Because you know, it would exclude everybody. It would exclude somebody. You can't. Your eyesight isn't good, or you can't hear as well, or you can't. Maybe you've lost the ability to speak. But I want to say this morning, it doesn't. It's not exclusive. I mean it's not exclusive, it's inclusive because it says even if you've got you can't see, hear or speak, but you've still got breath, you can praise the Lord. Incredible, isn't it? Everything. You can still praise the Lord. It says all of you all you have to do is breathe and you can praise the Lord. You know, the first time that breath was expressed or mentioned is in way back in Genesis chapter two, the very start and the beginning of time. Well not time, sorry, the beginning of humanity, I should say theological incorrection there. Um, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 and it says God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. And and that was a special moment when God breathed his own breath into a man or shared his own breath with man and Adam and Eve came up, they rose up and they lived. Now we see God says the same breath I gave you Because who knows, you're more than a body, a skeleton, muscle, tissue, and organs. You are, the truth is, you can have all of that and not have life. But when God breathes on you, that's when life happens. He's given you His breath, He's given you Himself, His breath. He breathed into you. And when He breathed into Adam and Eve, they came to life. So the wonderful thing is, he says, you know that life that I gave you, I've got a purpose for that breath of life I gave you. It's actually to proclaim it back to me in praise and worship and prayer. And every moment you can get, would you do that because you give it back to me and it does an incredible thing in your life when you do it. He says, the breath I gave you, now give it back to me in a form of praise and worship. See, just as he gave us breath and it meant life, one of the greatest expressions that we are, not just living, not just alive, but living is that the fact, living with joy and peace and purpose and hope comes out as we give praise. He gives praise. He's given you breath for a purpose. He didn't give you breath to curse, He gave you breath to bless. He gave you breath to sing praises to Him. He gave you breath for life. Why wouldn't we give it back? And the interesting thing is, even if you can't do anything else today but just breathe, and even if you couldn't you speak, you could still breathe in in your heart. And I know for that group of people, which is a very small percentage, it would be classed as praise because you have breath today. For the rest of us, we have opportunity to praise Him. And I would encourage us not to let any cultural thing or anything um, uh, restrict us from giving praise to God. Don't let anything restrict us. I love what it says in verse 2 of this passage. It actually says, if we went back to the first slide, I think, David says in verse 2, please note that it says that we can praise him for his mighty acts, which is great, but we, pray, we can also, then it says in verse 2, praise him for his excellent greatness. Isn't it interesting? Look at that. Praise him for his mighty acts, but praise him for his excellent greatness. See, his mighty acts are not his excellent greatness, his mighty acts come out of his excellent greatness. Just grab this. See, he's excellent already. Scott said it this morning in communion. Even if he never done anything more, he's just great. That's enough to praise him. Even if he never did anything for you, it's, that's, it's just his excellent greatness is amazing. We could praise him for that. But out of his excellent greatness comes his mighty acts. So here's the point. You can start to praise God before he ever acts. In actual fact, that's the best praise of all. Before he ever does anything for you, you can start to praise him. What a powerful, incredible uh, God we have! It helps us to understand that we can praise God when we we not just when we see something good, and, and, and we can start to praise him uh, while we wait for the breakthrough. We can still praise him. See, praise isn't beginning with the praise doesn't begin with the breakthrough. Praise begins with your heart desire just to praise him no matter what your face or circumstances or situation. just—it just let praise Him. See, praise doesn't today begin with a good day or a happy feeling. You might have rolled out of the wrong side of bed this morning, but you can still praise God. You make a decision to do that, you know. It's a decision that we make. Praise begins with when we decide to praise Him. Praise is not just because of the wonderful things He's done. Praise is in response to who He is. And we need to understand that, you see... When I'm down, he's still the most highest. You see, when I'm feeling heavy, he's still up on the throne. And you see, when my world is falling apart, his isn't, which is good. Because the reality is, is that I need something greater than me at times to hang on to. And I need a strength. And I want to tell you when, you, when you start to give praise, that releases the opportunity for God to do something pretty incredible and amazing in your life and in your situation. And it all comes through this wonderful ability to breathe praise and even worship and the element of prayer as well. But see, I think, you know, Isaiah, the great prophet, the major prophet in the Old Testament said Isaiah sixty-one three. He says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. (laughs) Think about that. Do you know this morning, all of us went to the walking wardrobe, the cupboard, or whatever you may have. And you said, well, I wear the yellow shirt with the pink dots, or the pink shirt with the yellow dots, or the green dress with the purple stripes, or the purple stripes with the green. I don't know. You just, you made a choice. You made a choice, and if you didn 't, because you know why you made a choice this morning to wear something because reality is none of us want to walk out into the life with nothing on Now you might say that 's not very wow, is that all you got? no, no let 's just think about it <laughs> it 's a given see sometimes the, the most the most mandatory things that we do every day, like just put clothes on, we sometimes take, can take for granted praise god we 've got clothes. <laughs> In actual fact, I've got too many clothes. Um, that's another point, another message. But every morning, you put something on, because no one wants to walk out into life with nothing on. And we, Why do we put garments on? To maintain modesty, to keep us warm, to keep us cool. Uh, we wear clothing for certain occasions, sport. We wear we sport sports clothes. Um, you know, you can wear wedding clothes when you go to weddings is that right you can wear work clothes when you go to work we all wear clothes but here's the thing if we don't put it on we don't receive the benefit and I think too many people put their garments of praise in the cupboard and go through and then they think I don't really feel like wearing the garment of praise today I'll just I'll just take on the spirit of heaviness oh that kind of massages my my down attitude and my grumpiness oh that feels yeah that feels good because I just don't want to praise but I want to tell you, you'll never receive the benefit until you take the garment of praise on and put it on you. You'll never receive the, you'll never receive the benefit of your clothes unless you put them on. It's just like the garment of praise. Put it on and you receive the benefit. See, don't keep it in the cupboard and admire it. Put it on and use it. Are you an admirer or a user? I'm a user this morning. I want to be a user, not an admirer. Oh, i got some great clothes never wear them (laughs) but we need the garment of praise see the point here is when you put on the garment of praise it's then that the spirit of heaviness lifts not before see sometimes we want well I'll just put on praise when I feel better you probably won't put on the garment that day of praise because you can't be controlled by what you feel you've got to be controlled by the facts and the truth and the faith of your heart sometimes come on so many many people say, "Well, I don't. I feel so heavy. I feel so down. I can't praise." Understand, it begins with putting on the garment, and then the spirit of heaviness leaves. Not before. Okay. Um, wow. He doesn't want us to be disconnected from him, and I continually find that praise reconnects me with my heavenly Father. In the times of the struggle and the issues of life. David said something really good. Come back to King David. In Psalm 103 verse 1, wonderful verse, David does a little bit of um, self-talk to himself. You know what self-talk is when you talk to yourself? Some people say, well, that's the first sign of madness. No, it is. It's the first sign of incredible sanity sometimes when you talk to yourself. And he says, he talks to his soul. He says, soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name come on. Um, he talks to himself. He says, because David knows he needs, because his feelings are not that incredibly great right at the moment, but he's going to tell his soul. And the soul is really the part of our emotions and our thinking and our thought processes. And, and David says, hey, come into line with God's word and God's truth, because I'm just, bless the Lord, you, you soul. Get into line. get Get with the act. Get with the party, man. You're out of line. You need to you know, have a check up from the neck up and let's go forward, you know? So David speaks to his soul. So often I think we just need to speak to ourselves. Come on, come on. Wow, there's a, there's a group of two guys. There's two guys called Paul and Silas and they're on their way to a prayer meeting, which is a really good thing to do, you know, for Christians. Tuesday night, 7 to 8, you're welcome. Um, but... <laughs> In actual fact, this Tuesday night, I think we just need to have some time because I think praise and worship is so powerful. If you come, we're just going to do that. We're going to praise and worship over God. I hope I got some musicians not looking around. But um, sometimes that's just as powerful as prayer. And they're all good. Sometimes you just need to declare the praises of God over your circumstances and situations, you know. Okay, so look out Tuesday night. Um, But Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 are on their way to a prayer meeting. And you know, it it wasn't. It was started out as a really good day, but they got arrested um, because there was a young girl who was a fortune teller, and she used to come and teach. uh, She was kind of hired as a slave by these guys who'd make money out of her. And Paul and Silas had had enough of her walking behind them and saying all these things which weren't so bad actually, but they turned around and they delivered her from that demon and then the people who owned her got really upset and arrested them, got them arrested, dragged Paul and Silas before a mob, angry mob, and they all jumped on the bandwagon, you know, Paul and Silas, and and they took a a rod and they beat them with many stripes. That's an exciting day, isn't it? Um, And and they're only just going to the prayer meeting. So don't let that put you off from coming Tuesday night. (laughs) But um, I just thought of that, you know. So they get arrested, you know, and they're like, man, we were just going to pray. <laughs> they get So they get so upset with them, they throw them into the inner jail. What's the inner jail? I imagine that's in all the other jail, you know? It's inner, it's right isolated, credible. And so they're in this jail, and not only that, as if they were going to escape from the inner jail, they thought we better put them in feet in stocks, you know, Um So they put their feet in stocks, they sit them in the jail. And then it says at midnight, the reality is, at midnight, Paul and Silas said, well, we didn't, they want to isolate us, didn't want us to go to the pre-meeting, but let's have our pre-meeting here, that's cool. They took all our clothes off, because it says they stripped them and beat them, they've taken their clothes off, but that's cool, i got the garment of praise right now, let's just put that one on. Paul what do you reckon? Yeah I'm I'm with you Silas. So they put on the garment of praise even though they were probably down to their loincloth. They decided to have a prayer meeting there and it says at midnight the darkest part of the night. Six hours from now they could be persecuted or even executed. They didn't know but they thought let's just give God some praise. So they lifted their voice and um, they would have been in excruciating pain. They were You know, um, blood would have congealed on their back. And it's amazing what a bit of praise can do in your difficult circumstance. Is that agreed? Because as they started to praise, we see that there was an earthquake. And it says not just their cell door was opened, but every prison door was opened. And it just says that not. Every chain, just not their chains fell off and the stocks come off. It was every prisoner's chains come off. Isn't it amazing when you praise how much you affect other people? (laughs) Incredible. So they begin to praise and they go, Wow, that was pretty good. I didn't, you know, and God does an incredible thing right there. And you know what? um, and even though they were isolated in the, in the prison, so many people were affected. Even the jailer came and committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ and his family and were water baptized that night. And then they put them, and Paul and Silas was really kind to the jailer. He says, let's put us back in the stocks in the jail. It's cool. Um, it, it, you know, God has done a pretty amazing thing, but I, I don't want to see you get in trouble. So it'll be fine. So they go back in their jail. And I wanted to say tonight that have you ever seen at midnight, I don't think I have, because usually I'm asleep, but kind of speaking in the sense of midnight, what's your midnight, you know, God just says, would you just praise me at midnight? Would you just praise me in the most darkest times sometimes? Because it's amazing what I can do with a heart that has a breath to praise me in some of the most def- difficult and, and desperate situations in life whether it's a school term exam, whether it's a a broken relationship, whether it's a financial uh, incredible need that's happening, why don't you just lift your voice anyway and just see what might happen because you might find that something might break open, something might fall off and something amazing might happen. Isn't it amazing? The truth is, it seems very unnatural to praise God when we're in the midnight circumstance and situation. But as I thought about it, I don't need a natural thing. I need a supernatural thing. <laughs> so praise may be unnatural to give him words, uh, words of praise when you just doesn't make sense to and it doesn't feel right. But it's amazing what can happen when you do push through the the natural feeling and just allow him to do the supernatural thing. I think it gives him the leverage to do what we could never do. And in Paul and Silas's case, that's exactly what happened. And... Uh, the truth is can i have the musicians just come this morning we all live with what we want to see different there's something in your life this morning that you'd love to see different and it's and apart from selfish things um, we need to, the the things that really count whether it's people come to the lord jesus you know situations changed the truth is, we want to see something different. We all, in some way, have some element of thing that we want to try and, and break out of the, the imprisonment of it, to break it off our lives, or something we just don't want to see anymore in our lives, or some circumstance changed. And, 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 you know, the prison would say to us this morning, This is the way it's been, and this is the way that it'll always be. But I want to tell you, we don't see a lot of supernatural because I don't think we give enough supernatural opportunity for God to work. And if you would just sometimes look past the natural and start to say, God, through clenched teeth sometimes, say, God, I'm going to praise you anyway. But you know, the victory doesn't start with anything changing in your life. The victory starts when you open your mouth and start to praise him. Because I've discovered circumstances can change for people, and yet they're still in prison because nothing changes in their heart. It has to change in here, the attitude and the desire, and and sometimes just through gritted teeth to praise him anyway. And I'm not just talking about just just today, but what about tomorrow? And what about um, Tuesday right through to Saturday? And then you get up again and you do. Why don't, when you get up in the morning, say, Good Lord, it's morning. Say, good Lord, Lord, it's morning, and you're good. You know, why don't we wake up, you know, and through the sleepiness, just do something of would start our day with praise or honor to him or worship to him. See, I've discovered, and many of you have as well, life isn't about how to survive the storm, life is how to dance in the rain. And praise allows you to do that. It allows you to do that this morning. And whether your circumstances change or not, I want to tell you praise, you know, you can be, have all the external trappings and imprisonments of your life, but when you've got praise in here, you're free. There's no prison in there. There's no prison in there. Viktor Frankl was entombed, incarcerated in a prison of war camp for decades. He was a Christian man, and he always said, they can take my body and imprison me in a cell, but you know one thing they cannot take from me is my ability to be thankful and give praise and live with a great attitude, and he always did. So when he came out of prison, he was an incredible source of great wisdom and truth, and he he, he would speak and and share with people. And I want to say today, have you ever sang at midnight? Because it's an incredible thing that can happen, and in the midnight times, God the unnatural act of singing at midnight can do an, a, a supernatural thing that God can do. So, how about this morning we stand? Is that cool? I think we have to, is that cool? Up it.